Happy 2019 and welcome to the Marketplace Movement where our vision is to reach, enhance, and advance lives. This week we will start a new series called There's Work to Be Done. So as always, please grab your notebook and your Bible and join us in the year to live the standard. All right. As we began the, the year, I stood before you on New Year's Eve. Last year, as we came into 2018, I told you it was going to be the year of again. This year, our theme, our pledge is to live the standard. Say, live the standard. I recommend that you probably start a good old fresh page in your notebook. Let me ask a couple of questions before I give my title for today. How many of us are glad that we're saved? Thank God I'm saved. How many of us are grateful for the work of the cross? Thank God for Jesus. I don't think that we could go into a church and ask that question. Not a Bible-believing church. I don't think we could go into a church and ask the question, how many folks are Glad to save and not get a response of, oh, yeah, I'm glad I'm saved. Or go into a Bible-believing church and ask the question, how many are grateful for the blood of the Lamb? I mean, after all, somebody died on your behalf. Most folks, oh, yeah, praise the Lord. But here's the thing, people of God, um, as I stand here on this first Sunday of the year, what do you think all of that requires of us? I'm glad I'm saved. Okay, wonderful. What do you think that requires? I'm glad he died. You know, we, we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. What do we believe that that requires of us? Sunday morning? Is this, is this it? We come and we sing some songs and we go on home, live however we feel like because I've checked my Jesus box for the week. You know, it's a to-do list. We planned out our week and, you know, I've done everything I needed to do. I had my work time and my play time and I got to fit Jesus in, check. Is this it? Maybe, maybe, maybe we're going to add Sunday and own a Bible to it. And we feel like we have checked off. I mean, we really getting it now. I mean, we super saved. You know, when I grew up, the bigger your Bible, the better. I grew up in the good God Almighty Baptist Church where you knew that you had really been to church when you put the church bulletin inside. 
the more church bulletins you had, the more church you had been to, and if you was really studying your word, you just highlighted everything the preacher said, carried you a big highlighter. You're not going to read it. You're just going to highlight it. The more highlights and the more colors you had, the deeper you were in the word. Is that it? So I got a Bible. I got church attendance. Oh, in 2019, we're going to take it to a new level. I'm going to Bible study. Oh, boy. Because mm, as I've been told, Bible study is where you really learn about the Lord. I don't know how we have separated Sunday morning from teaching time. Lord, some of us need to repent. I don't know what we think this is. Is that it, though? There has to be more than that. So over the course of the next year, I didn't say month. I said over the course of the next year, this is where we focus. Where, Bishop? On the standards of the Lord. Over the course of the next year, what we're doing is we're saying, all right, Lord, what are your standards? What do I owe you? After everything you did for me, after you gave me the job that I wasn't supposed to have and healed me from the sickness that I put myself in, how much I owe you, Jesus? After you made a way out of no way, after you opened doors that every man tried to shut, how much I owe? After my car was going off the edge of the road and you saved me, how much I owe you, Lord? When the doctor said that was it, but something happened in the operating room, how much I owe? This year, we asked, what are the standards? What is this? Because somehow, people of God, this thing we call church, I don't know if y'all paying attention, seems to me like the enemy is trying to take it off the rails. It's everything except for what the Lord died for. We come to God's house, and I, I'm convinced that in many places, Jesus wouldn't even recognize. So when we talk about the standards of the Lord, I'm going to get to the scripture in a minute. I, I got to lay groundwork for a year, so y'all give me a minute. We talk about the standards of the Lord. Say standard. We're going to be dealing over the, over the course of the year like, what is your standard when it comes to my money? Mm -hmm. I know y'all want me to leave that one alone. What is the standard when it comes to my marriage? What is the standard when it comes to my children? What is the standard when it comes to being a man or a woman? What is the standard? How about this? What is the standard when it comes to forgiving? What is the standard when it comes to loving? Let's get practical. What is the standard when it comes to dating? Because after all, can I keep calling her my girlfriend seven years in?
We've allowed popular culture to get us booed up but not married. So we're going to deal with the standard, say standard, the definition of, uh-huh, it's already uncomfortable. The definition of standard is the measure, the norm, or the level of quality. The measure, the norm, or the level of quality. The measure, the norm, the level of quality. What do you mean? So it's the manner in which the Lord measures our actions in comparison to his ways. Standard. So when we talk about the standard of the Lord, we say, all right, this is how I'm living. This is how I'm supposed to be living. Do they match? Does my life measure up to what you say it? Y'all following me? Well, that's what I'm trying to do. See, all right, say standard. All of this conversation about I'm a man just like you, let's throw that out the window. That's not biblical. All of this, amen. Because at some point, we should hold people to a higher standard that have a higher standard. Amen. There's just some, certain things you can't do when you get to a certain place in your life. One more time. There's just certain things you cannot do when you get to a certain place in your life. Paul said, when I was a child, hmm, spake as a child, uh-huh. He goes, when I was a man, I put away. That's a principle. And some of us still playing with toys when you're supposed to be grown. Lord, help us in this place. So a measure. Number two, I said it was the norm. So the norms that the Lord require of us. As people in the church, we need to stop thinking that what God promised is out of the ordinary. It's out of the ordinary to the world. It should be ordinary to the elect. See, what is supernatural to the unbeliever should be natural to the believer. Y'all catch that. What, ex what is extraordinary to the unbeliever should be ordinary to the believer. So we need to start saying, hold on, wait a minute. I'm sitting up here wondering whether or not you can do something that you already told me was normal for you to do. Number three, the level of quality or excellence that he expects from us. Here's the truth. Over the course of the last year, some of us just downright lazy. Amen. We are not operating at the standard that matches our prayer life. So here is my title for this morning. Really simple one. There is work to be done. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's work to be done. Wrong person. Turn to the other one. That person didn't receive it. All right. The Lord did not save us to do nothing. Y'all hear that? Now, I started off and I said, how many of y'all glad we saved? Y'all like, oh, yes, praise him. He didn't save you 
for nothing. That, people of God, was one of the most revolutionary times in my life when I messed around and figured out, hold on, you didn't save me for me? Did y'all hear what I just said? Hold on, I was on that thing. Thank Jesus I'm saved. He was like, okay, yeah. Uh, uh. There's something you need to do with that. He didn't save us for nothing. Furthermore, let me give it, make it even clearer. The power of God is not our genie in the bottle that we call upon when we want something from God. One more time. The power of God is not our genie in the bottle. Ooh, I'm going through. Come on, Jesus. Can I, can I manifest you through some praise? Can I rub the bottle with my shout? Can I rub the bottle with my dance? How about, how about in this type of church? Can I rub the bottle, the bigger check I write? Oh, it's quiet now. Lord's like, hold on. I cannot be manipulated because I don't move at Jezebel. Jezebel is the spirit, not the woman, the spirit of manipulation. And God is not moved by the spirit of Jezebel, even though that many of us, I'm about to make up a word, are Jezebelian in our behaviors. I told you I was going to make it up before I said it, just in case y'all didn't think that I didn't know that I was about to make that word up. But it worked in my sentence. Y'all are Jezebelian. Don't, don't get mad, because some of y'all going to say it this week. Bishop said we was Jezebelian. So many of y'all, <laughs> right, are Jezebelian, I'm going to say it third time, in your behaviors. What do you mean? We think that we can manipulate God, somehow forcing him into doing what we want done, all because, watch this, we're not saying, God, align me with you. You're saying, God, what do I have to do to align you with me? Did y'all catch that? So, a couple of things I need to say. First of all, turn to Romans 8. When it comes to the standard of the Lord, say there's work to be done. We have to first understand it's all about Him. This work that we are to do, it's His work, not ours. I spent a lot of time trying to get God to breathe on my plans. Lord, this is what I want. Help me out. Help me out, Lord. I need this and this and this. Hook a brother up. Lord's like, I am not obligated to give you what you want. But if we align with him, then we stay in the flow of blessing. Are y'all with me? Now watch Romans 8. Watch this. Let's look. Mm-hmm. Let's start at verse 26 for con context. Somebody say it's all about him. I right, just making sure y'all still awake. 26. In the same way, the spirit also, I'm in the NASB translation for my visitors. In the same way, the spirit also helps our weakness. We do not know how to pray as we should. The spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the what? According to the what? The will of God. And watch this. The, the scripture just told us, the spirit is not praying what you want. He has no obligation. He's just not doing it. When you say, Lord, help me, the Lord ignores 
and goes right with this. I'm praying according to the will of God. Because sometimes our Lord help me. What we're really saying is, Lord, do what I want. Sometimes our declaration of, remember, he searches the heart. So when we're saying, Lord, help me, I challenge all of y'all, what are y'all asking help for? Because I find it amazing, watch, that we ask Chris for the help of the Lord for things that we want, but won't ask him to help us do right. Lord, help me get this job, but I don't need no help over the fact that I won't forgive. I'm not asking help for that. I'm not asking for help to reconcile because I'm cool over here in my lack of reconciliation. But I do need help paying this car payment, though. I'm going to need you to rush me that money. I need you, I need you to rush me a healing, rush me that DPNL, holler at me with that veteran. But when it comes to my behavior, I don't need you to help me with that because after all, I am coming. That I'm willing to say I'm struggling with because I'm human. Everything else I need divine healing over. I need your divine protection over the enemy. But when it comes to the rest of my behavior, over the fact that I can't be disciplined, over the fact I won't get up and read my Bible, over the fact that I will not pray, over the fact I spend no time with my children, over the fact that, that I'm not even kind to my own family, over that, I don't need help because after all, I'm struggling. And in 2019, I'm cutting folk off. It's quiet today. Now, let me say this. Everybody does not deserve to be in your space. Oh, don't aim at me because I ain't through. Everybody does not deserve to be in your space, but nobody deserves your disobedience to God's will. Because Paul got in a good old argument with one of the twelve. They separated for a season, came right back together, and start doing ministry again. It's never God's will for you to be perpetually ignorant towards people. You just go, what you going to do? Stand before the Lord. You know, I just didn't, I never felt it. You think I felt it when they were driving nails in my hands? I did. I felt your nasty. That's what I felt. Are y'all in the room? Let's keep reading. 28. And we know, this is the verse I was trying to get to the whole time. That God causes, he causes, I love that verse. God causes woo, all things to work together for good. Not for everybody, to those who love God. Let's do that again. Because see, some of us have been quoting this verse and we don't love him. So you don't get this one. Did y'all catch that? Okay. You ever been to the amusement park and you really wanted to ride that ride? And before you got on the ride, you had to check and see if you was tall enough? <laughs> Ain't nobody ever been height deficient like me. Just salty. Everybody with me, they're like, we about to go ride the roller coaster. I'm like, that's what's up. Watch. It's not that the roller coaster wasn't running. I'm going to help somebody. It's not that the roller coaster was broke down. Roller coaster's running just fine. 
there are people getting on the roller coaster. <laughs> it is functioning just the way it's supposed to. But your current place in life disqualifies you from participating in things that everyone around you can participate in because they're at a higher stature than you are. Y'all still ain't in here. Watch. This means that there are people literally that can be in the same church reading the same Bible saying the same amen as you but not get what you have. Because, watch this, they're going through the motions. They got God on a checklist, but they don't love God. Come on now. How do you know if we love God? Say, if you love me, you keep my commandments. So just go on back through your 2018. You know, it's a clean slate. You know, it's 2019. Welcome. It's the first Sunday of the year. We going you know, hi, y'all. I told Terry this morning, like 2018 for some of y'all was a dry run. Y'all need to thank the Lord that he didn't call you home. Thank him, Jesus. All right. So to that, we here now. We here. We here. So, so now that we here, I need somebody to go back over 2018 and say what your track record is with keeping his commandments. Because if you love him, okay, now let's get to our verse. We know that God called, y'all need God to call some stuff. Lord, I need you to cause that thing to happen. He says, I will, but I need you to love me. God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to, what's the next word? Stop. Called according to, next word. His. That is a personal pronoun with a capital H. It refers to a deity. It's not H with a small H in my Bible. It's a capital H. This is when the writers of the text are trying to show us that the word his right there refers to God himself. We are called according to his purpose. This is where I started. Now, again, we're talking about the standards of God. I told you there's work to be done. I then told you it's all about him. So the first thing we need to understand that I'm called to do what he wants. The word purpose right there in the text is our key word. Watch this. The word purpose is actually where we get the word in the text showbread. That's always when I, when I first dug into that, it was very confusing to me. Like, why would you call me the showbread? You are called to be my showbread. But I'll give it to you another way. He called us or brought us out, as, as 1 Peter says, brought us out of darkness into the marvelous light. He brought us out to be his presentation. Literally, he said, I'll put you on display to be my body. Uh-oh. Some of us are poor representatives. Literally, he says, I died so people can look at you and see what the body's supposed to look like. Okay, right, <laughs> right. I'm seeing the faces of the people. Okay, I, I, let me give it to you in a very practical way. Um, anybody make a New Year's resolution that you're going to get in shape this year? Y'all don't want to tell me? Thank you. Praise it. Two, some of y'all lying. Y'all know y'all got it written down. You've been to the gym. Today is the, the sixth. You went the first, and you left early on the second. Let me see you since. <laughs> Now watch. Some people go get a personal trainer. Listen to me. Some people go get a personal trainer because they know that they don't have the discipline to do it on their own, right? So I'm going to get somebody who's going to stay in my neck because I recognize that I don't have the discipline to get this thing done on my own. So you get a personal trainer. Now watch this. If I going to pay a personal trainer some money and when they show up, they don't look like they've been training. 
Y'all not in here? I'm just going to leave it at that because somebody's going to get offended. I'm just saying they don't look like they've been training. <laughs> huh? Huh? I mean, you know, I'm about to get you in shape. And then after they tell you that, the walk from where you were to the treadmill, they had to stop. <sighs> Hold on, we about to get this workout started in a minute. Let me catch my breath. No, man. Why? Because if you're going to take me somewhere, I expect to see the results of your training in you. Okay? If we are called according to his purpose, or if I am called to be on display, or if I am called to be the representation of his body, when folks see you, they should see the results of the power of God consistently operating in your own life. Stop pointing people to other folk for what they should be able to see in you. I'm going to get even plainer. You know what? You should come see my bishop. You should come to my church. If they can't see it in you, don't bring them to me. Oh. They, you work with them. That's your cousin. That's your auntie Nuck Nuck. She's supposed to. What do they see in you? What behaviors do they see? Because watch this. I'm going to say this. It's going to frustrate some of my peers. Anybody can fake this moment. This is why people don't want to give the church another chance. Because we got charlatans behind the sacred desk. We got people who have come behind this desk and don't take it seriously. Watch. And then when you see folks that in one moment say praise the Lord, out there they saying something different. So I tell people all the time, watch me for a while. Ask some folk about me. Go ahead. I go to the coffee shops. Ask them all. Because at the end of the day, if I can't live it outside of here, all right? Everybody in this room is called to be on display as his body. When you open your mouth, they ought to say, that's something Jesus would have said. Come on now, I said there's work to be done. This thing is about him. See, many of us was like, okay, this year, this year, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pay this house off. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get in shape. Mm-hmm. Praise him. I'm going to make sure that I do that. I'm buying me a car. Mm-hmm. Nobody said this year. I'm going to actually stop faking Jesus. It's about him. I am called to literally be his public presentation. Jesus even understand, understood this. Jesus says, you can write this down, in Luke 2.49, Jesus said it like this. They were sitting there, and, and this is early on. Jesus is still a boy. He's, he's around 12. They say around this time, and all of a sudden, they're like, why are you here? He says, I got to be about my, King James says, father's business. Father's business. NASB says, I got to be in my father's house. Now, what was Jesus really saying? Because they're confused. Why are you behaving this way? The word business or house right there, right there means that Jesus is saying, I have to tend to the affairs or the things of the Father. 
In other words, at some point, y'all, we have to decide, Lord, I'm going to do what you want instead of keep continuing to ask you to do what I want you to do. Amen. Matter of fact, some of us cried a majority of last year because we was trying to beg God to breathe on something he ain't even in. And then you messed around and felt like God wasn't answering your prayers when God is simply saying, listen, I just don't want that for you. The answer of your prayer is the fact that I'm not working it out. Some of us tried to walk away from some things last year and the Lord wouldn't let you. Oh, y'all not in here. I mean, you had your mind all the way made up. Done. Lord was like, that's cool. That's cool. Watch me treat your destiny like a group of roaches in an old house. Them jokers just ain't going away. Every time you turn around, they're going to be like, we back. If you don't believe the Lord will do it, if you don't believe, ask Jonah. Ask Jonah. Jonah, yes, Lord, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. I don't want to. That's cool. Scripture says Jonah got in the boat and tried to go to Tarshish. Huh? Matter of fact, watch this. It says he paid the fare. Go read it. He literally paid Deacon Sanders to disobey. How much money have you wasted going against God's will? He paid to disobey God. I'm still not through. The word Tarshish right there in Joppa means beautiful. So watch this. He went to what looked good but wasn't good. Okay, I'm, I'm going to pause right there and I need to go back a little bit. Let me rewind you because this takes me all the way back to Lot and Abraham. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Abraham was like, look, Lot, your people and my people can't get along. You go left, I go right. You go right, I go left. The scripture says Lot looked over to the plains of Sodom and was like, that looked good. Y'all know how that turned out, don't you? Because many of us, watch, it's easy to pursue the beautiful. It's easy to pursue the comfortable. It's easy to pursue something that makes us feel good. But God is like, I want you to pursue my will. Even when my will don't look right. Even when my will is uncomfortable to you. Go after that. Sometimes I got to show you that I can make a river in a desert. Sometimes I got to show you that even when things get dark, that's where I am. The psalmist says, if you go to the pit of hell, that's where I will be. So, come on, go to Nineveh. I don't want to go to Nineveh. That's cool, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. Pays the fare, gets in the boat, storm comes. Everybody like, what's going on? Watch. He's with some experienced fishermen. He like, it's over me. Y'all about to die because somebody in your boat is disobedient. Okay, y'all. This is why you need a good group of friends. I'm trying to make my way through. You need some people who are going to check you um, before you get in the boat. Excuse me. I got somewhere I'm trying to go. But before we pick in, we get in here in this water, I need to know, are you right with God? Are you? Because I would hate to be out in the middle of this water, and we got to find out in a storm that you wasn't right. So whatever's wrong, let's go ahead and get that squashed. Before, listen, this is the first Sunday of the year. I need somebody today to be like, look. Before we go another day, I'm not saying you can't get in the boat. I'm just saying let's fix whatever's going on before we get out into this water. You come on in the boat. 
after you repent. You can come on in the boat after you get yourself. I'm not saying you can't come in the boat. You just can't come in the boat like this because I refuse to put my destiny in trouble because of you. Some of us are so busy trying to please friends that your destiny was under attack all year. God Almighty. You want your friend crew, but God has been disobeyed for a whole year because you've been so busy trying to have a group of buddies that you ain't got a God that is pleased with what you're doing. So, they had to throw him overboard, y'all. They had to throw him overboard. Okay. Now watch. Watch. He didn't die. I said they had to throw him overboard. Y'all not in here. Because some of y'all holding a grudge against people who threw you overboard. I'm trying to work through this. Who they think they were? Why couldn't? Hold on. Did you live? You should go back and, and thank them. Because watch this. Watch this. Your time overboard was necessary for your deliverance. See, somebody, instead of going into this year and going, you know, praise God, new year, we're going to get rid of all of that. Somebody on the first Sunday of the year ought to have a, I'm so glad that the ugly didn't take me out, praise. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Somebody on the first Sunday of the year, somebody, excuse me, I am so grateful that all that foolishness I went through, I am still here. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not saying, y'all, I'm sorry. Y'all sit for a second. I'm sorry, because I'm going I'm to tear up something, Justin. Y'all play too much. He says, I got to be, I got to tend to his affairs. Paul, I'm almost done because I got to get to this text. Paul goes on to show us in Ephesians 4. Don't go there. Ephesians 4.12. Write it down. In Ephesians 4.12, the writer, Paul, goes on and says it like this. He gave some, right? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for, watch, the equipping of the saints. Watch this. King James says for the work of ministry. The NASB says for the work of service. In other words, I've put people in your life to train you to work, not train you for church. There is a difference between church work and the work of the church. Church work should hold up the work of the church. Unfortunately, many of us have become very proficient in church work, but have done no work of the church. We're not doing anything that God requires. We're just doing the back end that is necessary for the work of the church. Amen. You're not going to be able to stand before God and say, listen, I didn't do anything in that great commission, but I tell you what I did do. I tell you what I, I tell you. I tell you what I did do. I made sure that the toilet paper. That toilet paper was always in the bathrooms. I did that. But when it came to my coworker, I didn't talk to them about Jesus. When it came to praying, no, 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 no praying. When it came to studying, I wasn't interested in studying. As a matter of fact, I kept drinking four out of the five days of the week. I got sloppy drunk, but I started sobering up around Thursday night so I could be ready for toilet paper ministry. And I was diligent. And I was consistent. The Lord was like, okay, that is, watch this, church work. That's not the work of the church. And many folks 
literally are walking around like they're entitled to heaven because somebody in the church gave them a title. There's plenty of people that got titles, collars, robes, churches, and everything that ain't going to see Jesus. At least, they're going to see him for a minute, but they ain't going to like the conversation. <laughs> it's going to be real quick. They're not going to care for the conversation. It's going to be one of them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. They're like, but didn't we? Oh, my toilet paper. I heard you, Audrey. I have counted the rolls, Jesus. Now, say there's work to be done. Now, after everything the Lord has done for us, turn to Psalm 16. This is 116. Psalms 116. Psalms 116. After everything the Lord has done for us, we owe him something. Y'all know that old saying, if I had 10,000 tongues? Y'all know it, right? That wouldn't be enough. Am I the only one to know that? If I had 10,000? Somehow, Elder Renita, I think we took that statement and said, well, since I don't have 10,000, I'm just not going to praise you at all. <laughs> if I had 10,000 tongues, it wouldn't be enough. Therefore, never mind. I'm just not going to give you nothing since I don't have 10,000. You don't get no praise. Well, what do we owe the Lord? That's the, that's the right answer. But do I see that answer in your body? I hear you. Every, I owe him everything. Okay. Is, does he have it? We in Psalms 116? Let's look at how the psalmist puts it. And I'm through, actually. I got 20 minutes. It's going to take me that long. Verse 1. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my supplications. Because... He has inclined his ear to me. Psalm 116, verse 2. Therefore, I shall call upon him as long as I live. Verse 3. The cords of death encompassed me. The terrors of Sheol came upon me. I found distress and sorrow. Four. Then I called upon the, the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech you. Save my life. Stop right there. That sound like anybody's testimony? Let's do that. Let's do verse 2 again. No, verse 3. The cords of death encompassed me. The terrors of Sheol came upon me. I found distress and sorrow. This to me, for many of us, that's true. Lord, I felt like I wasn't going to be able to go another day. I felt like hell was all around that Sheol. I felt like hell was all around me. Huh? I found distress. It doesn't say I got distressed. I found it. Literally, it was like I was going through life and there was distress and sorrow. Anybody felt like I'm minding my own business? Why in the world this have to happen to me? And then look what the psalmist says. So I called on the name of the Lord. Not so I complained. Oh, come on now. He didn't say that. So I complained. So I went off. So I got angry. I didn't, because I don't have time for any of that when I want to be delivered. Y'all got to understand, you, wanna, you have to want to be delivered more than you want to be heard. Okay. You got to want to be delivered more than you want to be right. You don't understand. Lord, 
instead of me trying to prove to people who can't do nothing for my salvation that I'm right or wrong, I just want to be delivered. I just want to be saved. I just want to be, I'm sitting up here trying to argue with people on social media about why I said what I said, why I did what I did, whether or not I ain't got time for all of that. I'm sitting up here, can't even be in peace nowhere I go, sitting up here chasing down rumors left and right. And here's the truth. For some of us, you did it. Do we have that out in the open? Guilty. We cool? I have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Stop walking around like you ain't done nothing wrong. So, all right. Some of this stuff, trying to chase down. Well, it didn't really happen like that. No, it was worse. I told y'all before, tell the whole story. See, when you really get delivered, you can fill in details for folks. Oh, y'all not, I'm talking about when you really delivered. See, you trying to hide it when you ain't through. When you really through with it and somebody come to you with something, they're like, I heard that you was, and that's, what else you hear? Well, that's all I heard. Sit down for a minute. You got time? <laughs> because I mean, let me, let me tell you the rest. Because by the time I tell you the rest of the story and you hear what my God did for me, then you'll know there is a God somewhere. All that right there, that ain't enough for you to get excited. But if I tell you all the rest of the stuff that I did, and then I prove to you that God is a keeper, that God is a restorer, that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. Oh, see, watch this, watch this, watch this. Sometimes people can't appreciate what you've been through because you haven't given them all of the details that shows just how powerful God is. Don't tell it all. Don't put it all on out there. Since you want to talk, I'm going to give you something to talk about. So he says there, he says, I found distress and sorrow. I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, I beseech you, save my life. Five, gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is compassionate. The Lord preserves the simple. Watch this. I was brought low. I love the rest. And he saved me. See, that's, that's shout worthy right there. I was brought low. And he saved me. Lord, I can finish preaching right there. <laughs> Y'all know, I'm trying to get to my work part. I was brought low. And he saved me. Lost a job. Lost a car. Lost a house. Credit dropped. God was like, keep going. Because I got to get you to a place where you know ain't nobody but me. <laughs> you ain't low enough yet. Thank you, Jesus. You ain't low enough yet. See, right there where you are, you still got a plan for that. I got to get you lower. I got to get you all the way to the spot where you go, God, if you don't do it. Oh, no, you ain't low enough yet. You're still making phone calls. Your uncle can still bail you out. Your granddaddy still can put some money on it. But let me get you so low that, God, if you don't do it, it can't get done. Let me get you so low. God, if you don't heal, I won't be healed. God, if you don't save, I won't. He says, I was brought low. God was like, and you saved me. And watch, for many of us, that is why we still flow in arrogance, because we're not low enough yet. 
Bible says, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you. See, many of us right here, I understand I got entrepreneurs in the room. Praise the Lord. I understand I got people who are going to do great things before God. Praise the Lord. But the very minute that you believe that it is your strength and your ingenuity and everything you know and your degree and your pedigree, that's the very minute that God has to say, oh, really? Let me show you who is the real leader in this world. Let me show you who the real king of kings and lord of lords is. For some of you, it wasn't the devil. It was God showing you what humility really looks like. Humble yourself. You can't even pray right if you ain't humble. If my people who are called by my name would humble yourself, then pray. Humble yourself, then pray. I'm looking at some of you right here, and y'all sitting up here all just nice and cute and primmed and proper. But the more I think about how good God has been to me, excuse me. God. I know, I know, I know I, I got some stuff on my paper, but that thing just start getting good to me when I think about where I could have been, when I think about how far God brought me, excuse me, I feel undignified. I, uh, yo, you mean to tell me? Yes, I have, a, I have a degree. I have a degree. I've matriculated through school. I understand the proper way to exegete the text. I understand that, but I also understand I was sinking deep. See, we done got, I'm talking about the standard. Yeah, I understand. I know how to give you the points. I know how to tell you to take notes. But I also understand if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I understand. I understand how to tell you point one, point two, point three. But as I go into 2019, I am reminded that God has kept me. God has never left me. God has been good to me. He said, I was brought low. See, here's the thing. I still got some stuff I need from God. And the devil wants everybody in this room to make a mistake of feeling sad about what you ain't got yet. But let me teach you how to move into your nets. I bet you if you go back and begin to praise God for everything that he got all to up to this point. See, you can't forget your praise when you're trying to walk into your future. Okay, okay, okay. Lord, I still need you to do this, but you already did that. Lord, I still need you to do this, but you already did that. I tell you what, God, you do what you need to do when you're ready to do it. Here's what I'm going to do. I will bless the Lord at all times. Your prizes shall preach. Be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord and be glad. For I was glad when they said, God, Y'all, excuse me. So, I'm talking to people every day who can say, God, if you didn't do it. Huh? Huh? Don't mess. See, this is what testimony service was supposed to be for. Supposed to be. We turned it into something else. Said we overcome by the huh? blood of the lamb. Word of our overcome by the blood of the lamb and word of our test. Huh? So I'm sitting here 
and I sat with my brother the other day and he got to testifying. Next thing you know, I feel all right. Y'all missed it. I said, I sat with my brother the other day. He didn't, we didn't even go into how my day had been. But when he opened his mouth and told me his story, y'all not in here. He has no idea. See, I'm ministering to him right now. He has no idea that his story ministered to me. <laughs> that what would have taken out the normal man made this man better. And now, God, now he sits here better after the trouble than he was before the trouble. Sometimes you got to know can't be ashamed of what I got victory over. I will not be ashamed of what I've been delivered from. I will not be ashamed of what God brought me out of. Why? I am not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't understand that. The gospel is the good news of Jesus. You want to know what the good news is? Good news is he kept me. Good news is he never left me. Good news if I was wrong, but he was right. I am. Let me, y'all sit. I was brought low. See, somebody gonna get that thing. You're gonna be driving down the road. You're going to sit there minding your own business, and you're going to be about to feel sad, and you're going to hear the Lord say, I was brought low, but he saved me. And you're going to have to pull over to the side of the road. That's right. Some of y'all going to be sitting up there about to go into a pity party, talking about shoulda, coulda, woulda. I don't know why it's so bad. Why can't I get this, and why couldn't I got that? And all of a sudden, you're going to hear, I was brought low, but he saved me. Y'all know what I hear in that? You know what I hear in that, Doc? You know what I hear? He saved me. This is the way I hear it, Ganey. He saved me? Oh, y'all. <laughs> Excuse me. My bad. See, I know y'all hear, I was brought low, but he saved me. That's not the way I hear it. Because, see, I know me. I know what I've done. I know my mistakes. So when I read it, Chris, the way I hear it is, I was brought low, but he saved me? <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on, Vincent. He said, me, 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 the one that played church, me, the one that had a title but still didn't have Jesus, me, the one that was in church my whole life but still wasn't saved, me, you saved me, you healed me, you delivered me, you say yes, me, 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 I don't know what he did for you but I can tell you what he did for me, I don't know how he brought you but I can tell you how he brought me, 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 come on, make it personal. Take a moment and get a personal praise. Take a moment and get a personal shout. Yes! Me. I don't know what he did for you. I don't know what he did for you. Nope. Can't call it. Can't call it. I don't know. I know what he did for me. Me. Sorry. I ain't trying to leave you out. 
But every once in a while, I got to get a personal shout in. All right. Still ain't got to my verse. I know it. Me? Me. Me. Lord, I just want to make sure you didn't bless the wrong guy. <laughs> maybe, maybe you was busy on something more important and missed some of the stuff that I've done. But then I mess around and figure out that my God is able to supply all of my needs. I mess around and figure that thing out. I didn't miss it. I just threw that thing into the sea of forgetfulness. I mess around and figure out. I don't care what you have done. It says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just. I said he is faithful and just. I said he is faithful. That means my God is dependable. I can depend on you to forgive me. I can depend on you to set me free. I can depend on you. I, can't, I might not be able to depend on somebody else to do it. Somebody will go, wait a minute. He dependable. See, somebody going to catch this thing today. I'm trying to move on, but he won't get that thing off my back. I said he's dependable. Y'all, I'm trying to move on, but somebody, God won't let me move until that thing break up off this house. I said he's dependable, Sean. I said he's able to take it off of you. He can deliver. He can deliver. He can deliver. He can deliver. He Jesus. You're a delivering God. Thank you, Jesus. You're a delivering God. Thank you. I'm trying, trying to let that thing go. But I was brought low. My circumstances brought me low. My issues brought me low. My generational curses brought me low. My friends brought me low. But God! Bro, low. Devil says, I need to tell y'all this. Let me tell you. When you come out of this thing right, this is how you confound the enemy. I don't get it. See, the devil is like, I got him now. I got him. I got them in depression. I got them where they won't come out their room. I got them where they won't turn on the lights. Oh, I got them now. Oh, I got them. I'm about to send them back to their habits. I got them now. I'm about to send them back. I'm reverting them. And all of a sudden, they're all by yourself. When you ain't got nobody but you and your thoughts, here comes the Holy Ghost who is able to pull you out of that thing. And let me tell you how you confuse the devil. Right when you're in the middle of your low part, I dare somebody to lift up your hands. Oh, ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the... You 
gotta tell that devil, I am a winner. I am victorious. You gotta tell that devil, you can't beat me. You can't stop me. God is my helper. If God be for me, who can be against me? God is Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta put some praise on that thing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You thought you was about to make me sad another day. But no, 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 no. I'm coming out of this thing. And when I come out, I will be white as snow. When I come out, I will bless the Lord. When I come, I was brought low. You don't understand, Bishop. This happened to me. And this. And this. And this. And this. God was like, that's cool. The lower you get, the higher you can go. That's cool. If you think that you have gone too low for God, God is like, no, 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 no. I needed you down there so that you could see just how good I am. I am a very present help in the time of trouble. I am able. Man, I want to throw something. I got a praise right there. Tried to take my sanity. Tried to rob me of my health. Tried to attack the family who I love tried to tell me that I was disqualified for destiny. But on this morning, I need somebody to get, I've been brought low, but he saved me. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't understand, y'all don't understand. There's a time where you can fight, you know, if you ever have ever felt like you're gonna drown. I took some lifeguard training and when you jump in to help somebody drowning Deacon Sanders if they won't relax I'm trying to save your life but you keep fighting me you keep fighting me because watch this this is a circumstance you've never been in and because you've never been in this circumstance, you've never seen this part of my behaviors. You saw me in the lifeguard chair, but you never saw me save a life. And because now your life needs to be saved and you don't understand how to operate in this type of circumstance, you put up a fight because you don't trust that I'm able to bring you out of this water. 
but what they tell the lifeguard. If they keep fighting you long enough, knock them out. Oh, y'all not in here. A good lifeguard will get you close because I'd rather you come to safety unconscious then die because you didn't know no better. Okay, okay, okay. The Lord is saying in this house, I know you might think that the devil put you under. I know you might think that you wasn't going to come out, but that was just the devil rendering you unconscious as you get to the final stage of your deliverance. Because when you come to... See, because some of y'all there right now, you sitting up and you thinking to yourself, how did I get here? Okay, so don't nobody want to receive that. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm through. Two weeks ago, Brittany said, as quick as you turn around. See, y'all think I forgot. She said, as quick as you turn over, that thing can be over with. I need somebody to understand you waiting on a journey when God is waiting on you to ask him for a miracle. Lord, I don't want to walk out of this thing slow. After this next time, let me just come to and be delivered. Lord, let me wake up and figure out that you done already delivered. You done already set me free. You done already opened the door. I was brought low. Stand to your feet for me. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Anybody in this place been brought low? I had a whole bunch more scriptures to give. Oh, well. I pick up Wednesday. Y'all be all right. You have just listened to the introduction of the Marketplace Movement Podcast, There's Work to Be Done series. There is still so much more training to go. Please like us on the Marketplace Movement Facebook and Instagram page. Follow us on Twitter at the Marketplace R-E-A-L and visit our website, themarketplacemovement.org. We invite you to worship with us at 3300 West 3rd Street in Dayton, Ohio, or catch us on Periscope every Sunday and Wednesday. Remember, everybody does not deserve to be in your space, but nobody deserves your disobedience to God. We hope to see you soon at the Marketplace Movement, where we reach, enhance, and advance lives.